Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I'm really excited about today's guest. As a marathon runner myself, as is my husband, I was so excited when a friend, a mutual friend, connected um, my guest today with me. Uh, we have so much in common down from, um, I'm from Michigan, she lives in Michigan. I don't even know. There's so many connections. So I always think that's such a huge sign that I'm meant to meet people. So Anyway, without further ado, uh, my guest today is Julie Bakke. Julie is a veteran, a registered nurse, a type 1 diabetic, and a dedicated triathlon competitor. She and her husband, Sean, who is also a triathlete, are the parents of two adult sons, Christian, who is 26, and Jake, who is 23, and both were diagnosed with autism as toddlers. Both Christian, who is nonverbal, and Jake, who is partially verbal and also a type 1 diabetic, have joined their parents and found the joy in running and cycling and have achieved some incredible racing milestones in their own right. Christian completed his first full marathon last year and is training for his second this coming April, while Jake has completed several sprint triathlons as well as the 56-mile portion of two 70.3 triathlon relays with his parents as a team. Julie's eternal optimism comes from two life philosophies. The first is the classic type A mindset that you should always push yourself, both to try new things and to be better at what you're doing. The second comes from a place of emotional intelligence. Life can be rough and everyone has their own struggles. It's your choice and how you handle them. So please enjoy my, I think, very inspirational conversation with Julie Baki. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I have the pleasure of having Julie Baki on with me today from Toledo, Ohio area. So Julie, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, we're nice. right over the line. So we're in Michigan <laughs> where you ha where you hail from. I know where I hail from. <laughs> yes. But we live I in a little town of temperance. Yeah, but it's a spit away from Toledo for sure, right over the state line. So yeah. Um, well, and we were acquainted by another, um, mom who has a, um, an adult on the spectrum who we're, we're both friends with. Um, I promised her that I wouldn't mention much about her, uh, but, um, <laughs> she's a very private person, but that's one of the blessings. Um, if there is one sometimes with social media is that we find so many people that, um, can, you know, just share their stories and we can relate to so many things. You and I have so much in common that I've learned, <laughs> but, um, I want to get into, you have two sons on the spectrum. They're both adults. Christian is 26 and Jake is, um, recently turned 23. 
And um, I want to unpack your whole family's story about uh, running and all of the things. Um, but I kind of want to, I don't want to take you back to diagnosis because they're well past that. But one of the things that um, I, I felt super connected with your family is the communication of the boys, um, your sons, and they remind me a lot of Skylar, my son. Um, so has communication kind of verbal communication always been something that they've struggled with? I mean, I think you describe Christian as completely nonverbal and Jake is partially verbal. So can you kind of talk about just kind of how the communication has unfolded for them over the years? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Christian, who's 26, my older, um, he has never spoken. Um, and he, he gets vocal, mm -hmm. um, usually actually on good days when we, we just sense that he's having just a happy day. He'll make these just noises. I mean, for lack of better terms, um, happy noises and, um, yeah, for both of them, particularly communication has been, you know, it's a struggle and we, and I think I, I did read that. I think you and I have used a lot of the different strategies and, you know, after the years, you sort of figure out what works, you try different things and, um, and you give, you give a lot of things a really good go. And then you're like, okay, this is not working. Um, this is working and this is what we use. So for Christian, um, he never, and I, I think it might be related to, the more severity of his cognitive disability as well, his intellectual disability, but signing was not something that never clicked with Christian. Mm -hmm. Although, um, so the sign for more is you tap your, well, the last time I looked your, it up, fingertips, it was you together. your fingers together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sort of like his, he will, he will do that. And that's usually like a more, like usually if something he wants to eat, mm -hmm. something wants to do, if it's like Play-Doh or, um, and then also sometimes he'll like sort of rub his chest and tap his chest. So it's like an affirmative, like, this is good. Like, let's do more of this. Um, and that's um, hit or miss, right? And then um, devices are interesting because we do have the duo, right? The duo, the, the duo brothers that both have autism, very, very different, but, and I don't want to hop back and forth too much, but Jacob's primary struggle um, often is related to electronics and some and often breaking them after it could be years it could be months so um, and control sometimes too as well so Christian we had an iPad over the years between school and home and I liked the, I can't remember I'm not even trying to remember the program but it was a pretty basic program where he could navigate like um, car, home, like we had a few pictures on the home screen. Um, and he could navigate through all of like, he wants McDonald's McChicken, right? There was like four screens. <laughs> but if there was a screen that said, I want to use the bathroom, I think he used it like twice. We never gave up on it, but, or like feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like gave, like would work on it, but just reliably, we weren't quite sure if that's really what he was trying to communicate. So um, and he got to a point that he was, he was starting to point a little bit. He never pointed as a young child, which that's, you know, part of the progression of communication. Um, so, and now it's sometimes like, like a wave at something. So like, if you want something out of the refrigerator and oftentimes it's like dinner's done, like that enough. 
and he might come in there and he'll sort of like wave his hand at the refrigerator. And I'm like, no, you know, you're not eating. So with both the boys, but with Christian, it's definitely like a total communication, um, you know, situation. Pex pitchers um, were really hard because Jacob wanted to rip them all. That's how Skyler was. The Velcro <laughs> and, was the most fun part. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's not, I think we're probably the same. It's not like, we're like, oh, sure. Just go do this. You know what I mean? We were, you know, and you did ABA, you know, there's strategies that you use to try to, you know, have that behavior go away in essence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and it just became a thing where it's like, oh my gosh, how many times can we print these pictures off? And then it was like balancing, like, this is Christians, like oh, communication yeah. Right. And like trying to respect that. And meanwhile, we're trying to teach Jacob this. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But then it's like, okay, are we like, you know, trying to balance that, that piece Mm -hmm. of it. So, um, you know, that's Christian in a nutshell. He's simple words. Like I've noticed over the years, um, he understands like, you know, get your shoes now. Mm -hmm. That's just somewhat recently. Um, and pointing, I try to point, um, and always trying to like fade the prompts, you know, you know what I'm talking about with that, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but he has on my phone, which that's a pretty safe place. Um, we have a basic and also someone dad, and then someone who helps out with the boys. Um, we have like a basic, um, app that has some communication on it. So he can still flip through that and make choices. And it's great. Cause you can take an actual picture. Christian, Christian right. sort of needs the actual picture. That's what I always um, did too. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so that's Christian. Does that sort of answer? Him? Yeah, no, it definitely does. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't even think about that with only having one, um, yeah. child on the spectrum. It's like, if one thing works for Christian, it'd be hard to like, keep Jake from kind of ruining that. Like if he did use the iPad exclusively and then Jake breaks it all the time, it'd be really hard to yeah. manage both. So yeah. gosh, that's a well, the really, I mean, <laughs> You know, we, I'm sure you, well, you know, you explained sort of what Skylar's been doing as far as school is concerned. But mm-hmm. one thing in our county is that they were very good about um, communication devices, um, the necessity of them. And the great thing is that they carry insurance. You know what I mean? So that was one, one of, I mean, they do a lot of great things. There's a lot of things that I advocated against, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, so if, there was never a feeling like if something happened to one of the devices, especially when we we're trialing it with Jake, that there was any type of like, of course you feel awful. You know what I mean? And you don't mm-hmm. want this, you know, this is we're teaching Jacob. This is not okay. You know what I mean? Just, you know, as you probably do, there's a balance with, you know, always trying to keep in mind that you treat them like, you know, an individual that, you know, you have to set boundaries and teach them how to be successful later in life and, and interact with people the best that they can mm-hmm. um, and respect um, other people's things. So school was always, you know, there's just came a point that it's like, we really appreciate that this is available, but especially with Jacob now, we're like, this is not, it's not safe for him to be breaking iPads. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. cause he's using his hands and sometimes he would go with his teeth. It's just not good. You know what I mean? So let's, let's do something else. So, so with Jake, the younger, who's 23, sort of the same thing. We went through like the different things with Jacob. He signing wasn't anything that he caught on to or seemed to work for him. But early on, he was starting to show signs that he could write some words, very like only I could 
or, you know, very few people could really knew what he was writing legible, legibly, but um, that comes and goes with if people are able to read it, but then with um, technology, he was able to type a lot of stuff. So that's still, we utilize that and it's often on a device, like either my husband or myself. And mm -hmm. then in like the text box or something, we can get him to text. Um, he used to have a phone where he would, when I say text, I say that lightly because he had a few contacts in there, like his teachers that really liked him and stuff like that, that wanted to be in the contacts. But he was like, it wasn't like, hi, how are you doing today? You know what I mean? He was like mm -hmm. sending pictures of his favorite stores or whatever. Um, <laughs> but we were trying to utilize it to ask him questions and we were getting mm -hmm. a little bit of success. But um, but then the breaking of the devices, we were just like, okay, this is, you know, this is not the route to go. So Jacob and then Jacob is nearly nonverbal, I say. I mean, he, the, this is really cool. I don't know. Um, if you've experienced this with any other families that you talk to, but my husband would, and it's probably about like eight or nine years ago, would ask Jacob questions. And right after he would go, yes or no. And then he would, then if there was nothing there, he would prompt it by giving him the correct answer. So if he knew, you know what I mean? Like he knew mm -hmm. he wanted to go somewhere. Do you want to go to like, yes or no? And Jacob wouldn't say anything. He'd say, yes. Okay, let's go. Right. So a little bit of ABA in there. Mm -hmm. And one day it just clicked. Like he answered and we knew, and it actually has grown to where sometimes he'll have a sense of humor with it. Like mm -hmm. we'll say, who do you, do you love, do you love mom or dad? And so this would be like, not a yes or no, but he'd be like no. mom friends. <laughs> and then he'd be like, and then he'd be like dad friends or like, do you love mom? Aww. Yes or no? He'd be like, no. And then, so we get a little bit of like, he's got a little bit of my humor for sure. But, um, and then he still writes a little bit. So we often like have a blank piece of paper. And if he has choices, we keep it really simple. Like if he's okay. So if it's running or biking, if he has a choice, dad will write run bike. And sometimes he'll say circle one, which one do you want? And sometimes he would circle both. So we worked on like, you circle the one that you want, right. Or like, put it like, do you want to run? Yes or no. And then he generally will circle the first one that he wants. So it's definitely a lot of different communication going on. Yeah, but still, but I, I just it think seems that to work. Yeah, that is one of the things that I, you know, I've said a million times on here that um, for parents with younger kids and they may be frustrated. It's not about our timeline. I mean, we've always stressed that because it doesn't matter when I want him to talk or if he talks or any of those things. He's going to do it when he wants to do it, and to never give up trying stuff because just up until two years ago, I kind of thought Skylar, as everyone kind of perceived that he was more like a three-year-old cognitively, because that's kind of how he behaves. He certainly, I didn't think was at the level of a 19, 20 year old, like he is until we started spelling. And I mean, the amount of things that he knows when I, you know, spelling in, it, um, requires that we read a passage about some topic. So if I picked NASA or something age appropriate, read him a paragraph, he answers a couple so he answers um, the uh, questions, reading comprehension questions from it. And um, he spells the answers. I don't tell him any of that, but what you were saying about yes and no and things like that, the progression of that is, you know, we started with only um, questions that have, they have to have the same, the right answer. There's only one answer. And, um, you know, the very first session we ever did, he spelled out the answer. And I was looking at my husband, like, he's not going to be able to do this. 
but you know, we'll, we'll just give it a try. And he spelled it out perfectly. He spelled it the right way. Like, what was it? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. I can't even remember what the lesson was, but ironically, not, not to get into politics, but one of the lessons I did with him during the election, um, with Biden and Trump, the most recent presidential election, I just did a lesson, lesson on elections. I just pulled something off Wikipedia and was talking to him about presidential elections and the history of all of that, whatever. And I just asked him, I said, Skylar, you know, spell one of the candidates running for president. And he spelled Trump correctly, um, perfectly. I, you know, and, and then I said, well, who's running against him? And he spelled Biden. And I was just like, that just goes to show you that they're listening always to the news, to what we're talking about. And he's trapped in there, you know, like he didn't have a method with PECs or Proloquo or any of these things to get out what he wanted to get out and that he could tell us. So we've moved into open communication or I mean, semi-open communication where the answers now are multiple. There could be multiple things like, you know, there's three or four answers and he picks the one he wants to spell. And then hopefully we'll move into open communication where I can start saying, you know, how are you feeling? You look like you're upset that something hurt and he can spell out what it is, but we're a little ways from that yet. But, um, just having that's any really kind cool. of, yeah, just seeing who he is. So that's so cool that, you know, Jake can now circle things and like communicate with you guys in his own way. I'm sure it makes him super proud that you understand what he's saying and he wants to do and all of that. It's just a long road sometimes to wait for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I know we, well, we could probably, I need to catch up on some of your episodes or social. Cause like now I'm like intrigued. You know what I mean? I can I don't tell you offline a ton about selling. <laughs> I promise. I know, you. but yeah. yeah. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners, like they've been listening for a while. So then they, they know more of the backstory, but that's, yeah. that's incredible. So, yeah. and does he type it like on an iPad? No, nope. he uses his finger. Write it. He points to a form foam letter board with all the alphabet on it. And there's numbers on the back. So he does oh. math too. Like I'll ask him math questions and he answers with the right number. It's, it's mind blowing. It really is. Now, um, is that, why do you use that as opposed to like an iPad? Like I'm um, intrigued by that. We've used iPads before, but he, he has, um, pretty significant motor planning issues. He was hypoton extremely hypotonic at birth. So he was always a floppy baby. Um, and we've done PT and OT. We just started OT again. Um, he raked for a long time. He never pointed. And then He's gradually pointing, but he just doesn't, his body is just weak. So he won't hold on to anything for a long period of time. So if you gave him the iPad, he might scroll on it, but then his whole hand scrolls. So he goes a whole page instead of picking one thing. He doesn't have the strength, in other words, to tap something specifically that he wants. Even the microwave, if I say, hey, Skylar, um, put that macaroni and cheese in for three minutes and 30 seconds. He reaches up and touches the three, but he doesn't have the strength to actually push the button in. So it registers. So typing is going to be a challenge for a while, I think. So like something like the microwave, sorry, I know we're going to like, yeah, no, that's okay. But (laughs) would you be able to, if he had the strength um, to do it on his own, Mm -hmm. would he have the like cognitive capacity to like, know that it's just three minutes like he wouldn't hit like you're teaching him to pit three for this specific thing but would he then like tomorrow like put it in for 10 minutes you know what I mean yeah he probably would need step by step 
instructions every time for quite a while because he's just never yeah. done anything independently. I know based on his spelling and the things that he knows that he does have a memory. Um, he can retain things obviously, but, yeah. um, but I don't know. I've never let him help in the kitchen or whatever. Cause he just hasn't been able to, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot, yeah. I have a well, lot of big dreams for, <laughs> for him, you know, with all Yeah. That. Well, and then you like, you have to like think 10 steps ahead and mm -hmm. moms are good at that. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's good and sometimes it's bad, but you worry that you teach a skill, but then what are the safety ramifications? Right. So like, for example, with Christian, like he does not, he could easily learn to put a, the key in the door and unlock it, but we do not want to teach him that because right. he would literally be down the road. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like walking into traffic. So yep. where Jacob, those safety concerns are still there, but he's like, I'm opening this door, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then it's, you know, the monitoring piece of it. So yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's interesting. And one thing with the communication I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, you've always, it looks like you share pretty much, you know, your entire family story on um, social media and stuff. Yeah. So I, I know that um, you are a type one diabetic and that Jake is also a type one diabetic. And I was so um, interested how that is a conversation that you were able to have with him or, or how you've explained to him about checking his blood sugars and giving himself injections, or I'm sure you have to give those to him maybe, but, um, how does that work with someone who can't verbally respond to you about having? Yeah. Diabetes? Yeah. And so Jake's 23, he was diagnosed around like three or four mm -hmm. roughly. Um, and he was, I mean, the challenges are just different. You know that, you know what I mean? As it's not that it necessarily gets easier. It's just very, very different when uh -huh. they're three, as opposed to 23. Mm -hmm. Um, and which was a lot of Jacob at young age, having like severe meltdowns and things like that. So anyways, when we, when he got the diagnosis, um, I remember like we literally had to hold him down to like get a finger stick on him and finger stick is you, it doesn't hurt that much. I mean, some people might say it does, but it's a little prick on the finger and, mm -hmm. and a little blood comes out and it goes in the machine. Um, and then when we had to give him his injections and it was interesting because I remember back then he had a really good endocrinologist and nurse and they just said, I think he's got, he's going to learn that this is the routine and we had no choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what we had to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, otherwise he would die. Right. Mm -hmm. If yep. he didn't get his insulin. So, um, I don't know how long it took, but it didn't seem like it took that long. And then it was like, this is a routine. Um, and then the really amazing, and I, I think we always had the conversations with Jake, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and like, you know, it's always trying to remember, well, you know what you discovered with even answering those questions when Skylar answered those questions, mm -hmm. like I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I failed at explaining things. I just did things often. Maybe I didn't explain it enough. Who knows? But with diabetes, um, there's this magnificent technology. It's called a continuous glucose monitor mm -hmm. monitor. And without going into detail, yeah. um, basically it's a wearable little device and it transmits my blood sugar 24 seven to either a device or your phone, or like it goes to my Apple watch. Mm -hmm. And I remember that of all people, the durable medical guy who this has probably been a good nine years or so. Um, we were discussing like my order and he's like, have you tried this with Jacob? And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not going to like, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. And he's like, 
you pay a lot of money for your insurance. Like, what are you going to do? Try let's, I think you should try it. Mm -hmm. And the endocrinologist that we've had, she's like, Hey, let's, let's try it. And he let me do it. And he wore it. And I was like, never like it's knock on wood. He does not take it off. And it's probably a lot of, this is what mom wears. And Mm -hmm. this is what I wear. And now I think, how are we managing? Like, with his nonverbal, you know, being nearly nonverbal. Um, and it's, it's just scary because the finger stick is so it's just that moment in time. It's so variable, like, especially with his activity and all of those things considered. So I'm super grateful that he wears it. It's fantastic. And Jacob, like he does not do his injections. Could he learn to draw? Uh, It's, it's, I don't know that he could, learn that skill, let alone it's not, um, cognitively, Mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to count his carbohydrate and be like, right. I'm eating 20 grams. I'm going to have this exercise. No, it's something right. Right. (laughs) And at ease, um, he does, we do well, I have to say, yeah, (laughs) we both have the same endocrinologist. So, um, knock on wood, he's, he's got a long road ahead of him. You know what I mean? I want to keep all his toes and fingers there. You know what I mean? So he, yeah. So, well, he's lucky to have you. I mean, sadly (laughs) you have the same experience. I mean, with diabetes, your life. And so he can, you know, at least watch you model some of those things. Cause you have to do it too. Is he a candidate for a pump ever or no? Okay. So I had a pump, um, and I just transitioned back to injections. Did you? I think, yeah, it's, it, it, there's a lot of different reasons and mm-hmm. I'm not against pumps. I mean, but, um, I think Jacob, it would probably, it would be a lot to manage mm-hmm. the injections don't hurt. I think it just works best for us. Yeah, so, that's perfect. um, we, yeah, we have a long acting insulin that we like some people just take it once a day where mm-hmm. we do it twice a day. And that seems to keep things even. We have a really good routine. So I'm, I'm, I'm a less is more sort yeah. of a simple person <laughs> And not to say that I won't ever go back to a pump because there's benefits, especially in triathlon, long distance racing, you have your, you're not drying up, you know, on the go, you know what I mean? Or having pre-filled syringes, but, um, I'm not sure about, I mean, there's lockout features, but then you got to manage pump sites. Is it infusing? And I, I'm a registered, yeah, I'm a registered nurse. I'm not working right now. So it's like, for us, this is working. Yeah. Yeah. So well, perfect. Yeah. yeah. I was a, um, insulin rep for a long time. <laughs> so oh, I'm well versed in it. So <laughs> there we go. I was just yeah. curious well, because least... I've never encountered anybody that had autism, nonverbal autism and diabetes in all of the years of yeah. pulling on endos oh. and, um, just patients. I I've never actually encountered that combination. So I was super curious, but, um, but yeah. it sounds like he hasn't and managed. It's, well. it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, his grandmother, my husband's grandma had he has two on that side that had type one early on. Um, so, you know, it's interesting how that works, you know, it skips generations and Christian doesn't Jake does, but living it is very different than even like an endocrinologist. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, obviously they're very knowledgeable, but living it and those lows and how insulin reacts to activity, all those things. It's like, it certainly would be a lot harder on us if I was not and Jacob was. So, um, yeah. I, I imagine it's still hard to read though. Like when he was younger, because 
they have meltdowns sometimes just from autism, like overstimulation or sensory issues or things like that. And then if his blood sugars were out of whack, is it that, is it, you know, the sensory overload? Is it, I mean, you, you have more factors to think about, I guess with, <laughs> with him, you know, I just, it just seems like a lot, but you're, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you do, you do what you have to do. Yeah. And I was just talking to someone yesterday who is a special needs parent and, and some people don't do what they should be doing. Right. Unfortunately. So you have to give yourself credit for that. Right. But like, you know, everyone has their days and sometimes you just have to, I don't want to say check out, meaning like you're not, you, you can't always do all the things you should do every single day. Sometimes it's like, well, that's just going to have to slide today. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or rely on your spouse or, you know, help, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's the hand that you're dealt, you know, and you see people struggling mentally far worse and they don't have these circumstances. And I say that not because I'm sure you're the same way. We don't want anyone to feel, there's no reason to feel sorry for us. And we, we, we decided to have children, you know what I mean? So that's our responsibility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but to have grace, you know, with yourself, because you're going to screw up (laughs) and, (laughs) um, and then you're going to have really good days and then autism happens and you're doing all the things. And then they, you're like, really like this, this just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, anyway, so I just hope that one day Skylar can actually tell me like, Hey mom, you kind of messed this up, but it's okay. I forgive you. I'm like, I, I would give anything for him to tell me what I messed up and that he understands that I did my best. That's, that would be yeah. music to my ears. If he spells it, I don't care. I just want to hear that he appreciates all of my struggles <laughs> to try to do it right. 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 Um, right. Well, I read on your family website, I think, or, um, the, the, um, uh, autism project page, which we'll get into too, but, um, that your family's start into running wasn't, I think Sean maybe mentioned it actually in a men's running article or something that he, the, the foray into running as a family didn't start out very, very strong. So, um, I think he had mentioned that you guys took the boys to maybe a 5k or something and thought it would be fun. Cause you're a big athlete, a triathlete and they didn't like it and they didn't do very well. Um, so I was curious kind of how that transpired into what they are doing now being triathletes and, um, you know, Christian running his first marathon in what, 21? Did he do it in 21? Yeah, 21. Yeah. yeah. So how did um, that all transpire into the running family that you guys are today? Yeah. So Jake, the youngest, um, it was more out of necessity, right? So when he was young, we knew he could run. He'd run away from everyone. He'd run <laughs> away from his teachers. He'd run away. Like he had the physical ability, like for sure, and the energy. And at that point, maybe Sean had done a marathon or so like we were, we were exclusively just sort of running, if Mm -hmm. you will, like that was our thing to do. Um, And we would take them to races, but often it was sort of like, maybe we'd be at the finish line if it was a good day or like I, you know, you sort of get to know the routes and like I'd park at certain spots and cheer them on and things like that. So, um, and then at some point we're like, we're, they have, you know, they have the kid races. Right. So mm-hmm. I think Jacob was maybe, I, I want to say maybe like seven or so. And he's 23 now. And, you know, they're usually like even less than a mile. Um, and I don't know what came first, if it was trying to race or the running strategy, if you will, but both were nightmares. So 
Um, when I say nightmare, it's, um, and I think that other parents with um, challenging, severe behaviors when it comes to autism can understand. It might look a little bit different for different people, but Jacob was the type that, you know, he would get frustrated at different things. Sometimes we didn't know, stomp his feet, bite his fingers, mm. jump up and down. Um, and, you know, when there's, it's just, it, it causes people to stare, right? Course, you don't even, yeah. and even, mm-hmm. and sometimes it wasn't, you know, we all know the stare and then we all, we also know that, oh, just sort of, sort of takes you by surprise and that's natural and normal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to sort of turn and then turn away, you know, you realize they're struggling and I'm not going to sit there and stare. Right. So, but it was, it was really tough for Jacob. It was tough for us. We, we just didn't give up. We would try to pick some races that we thought might work well as far as the timing or the course being big, like big areas. Mm -hmm. So like if Jake was struggling before we started, um, but, and we, I, I I think many of times we quit before we even got back to the car, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then we would try again, maybe a few months later, or maybe even a year later. Um, And then also um, we just thought to take Jake to a track and it's very measured, right? And I think literally we started with a quarter of a lap, if that. <laughs> and I think we might have put something on the ground, like I don't maybe a hat. I don't. I, I cannot yeah. even remember Go what it was. That. Something that marked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm standing there holding him, like, and Sean went to the marker. Maybe Dad just went there, and I'm like, run to Dad, and he was stomping and he was mad and. You know, I I understand there's a point where, and especially I use this principle a lot now with the boys, like I'm not forcing them to do anything that they, I don't feel like they want to do. Sometimes running is hard. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's hard for you and me, but you know, I, I know that they, the feeling afterwards, you know, that those are few and far between those moments. But with Jacob, he literally would run. He would run. He, he just had, he struggled so much that this is the, and we couldn't, he wasn't going to pick up a tennis racket and start playing tennis. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to go to the peewee league and be able to do football. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't the best. It was not an option for Jacob. So, um, and then it just, it was persistent. Like it's been so long. Right. But Mm -hmm. it just, it sort of clicked with Jacob and we saw glimmers of this was what I do and I'm finding joy in it. And, um, and it's just, it's now a thing that we do. So, and then as far as the track, so Jacob competes in triathlon with dad, and that's what we tried about six years, six or seven, everything's like seven years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it's swimming, a, it's a tandem the, bike, right. That sorry. they use, do they use a tandem yeah. bike? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because Jacob, I don't, I'm not sure if he could navigate on a two wheel bike. I, I, I don't, it's, I don't know if he could manage that. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt he would ride right into traffic. Like there's <laughs> yeah. not even like a, yeah, there's not an understanding whatsoever. So, I mean, he has like a trike, that's a three wheel thing. Yeah. And with that, I can tell, like, we have to stay right with them. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, so they swim, um, he's untethered. So like okay. when they're in the swim, they, they, he swims on his own. Dad is a little bit of a protector because it can get sort of like, 
you know, people aren't trying to you get kicked in the face <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sean's like, you know, like sort of, you know, you know, if the, if the thing is Jake never puts his head down rarely. So okay. I mean, he's the best cider. Like, it's amazing. But he really enjoys the swim. And with that, it's probably he probably won't advance past a sprint. Um, distance because the time yeah. factor. Um, and then we're going into the category uh, or the area of, is this for Jacob or is this for us? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if he, to do an Olympic, we'd have to tether him and we're pulling him. And then what are we doing here? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, that it's never going to be, um, you know, that anyway. So if Jacob all of a sudden one day starts swimming really, really fast, great. You know what I mean? And he mm-hmm. wants to go longer, but he's just a spitfire. He's rather, He'll ride the bike forever with dad or in an Ironman relay race, but even the running, like he's done a few 10 Ks, but that's about it. Like okay. he's, he's done. He lets it, he's like, go home. He's like, he's done. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at least you know his limit. I mean, you're right. You don't want to push him and yeah. then make him hate it. It sounds like it's a good release for him, yeah. for his body, his oh, mind. Yes. It's just a place to yeah. get out and just kind of be free. So it's awesome that he loves that and that he and your husband can do it together. Yeah. And then. So oh, Christian, yeah. did he come a little bit later into the enjoyment of running or is, did he yeah. kind of want to dig yeah, it, it because of Jake? Yeah. That's like, it's sort of the hindsight is 2020. And I'm like, man, if I didn't even have this epiphany, I wish I had it 10 years ago, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're here now. It, it literally, he always liked to walk. He would, he could, he'd walk forever. And he's, you know, you actually is a pretty good click. Like his mom were, you know, fastish walkers. Uh And then COVID hit and literally meant no school because Mm -hmm. my kids are not navigating the computers. They're not like, it's, it's just not, it's non-existent Mm -hmm. when COVID hit and when virtual school was not, I was a teacher. Right. Um, so I just had this idea. I like got a poster board from dollar general or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 30 days, for 30 days, we're going to walk three miles. Like it was like both of our, well, I don't know about, he didn't tell me, but it was like my sanity. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. like, I need to find a goal. I'm frustrated. Um, and he was probably close to 220 pounds and, and he's like, like how tall, how tall is he? He's a bigger, bigger guy. Isn't he? He's like five, nine, 10. Yeah. Jacob's a little bit taller. Um, but he just, and, and he eats well, mm-hmm. but it's just calorie in calorie out. Right. So, and I knew he had all the risk factors for di- diabetes for sure. Like, and just long later in life, well, developing, whether it was type one or type two, mm-hmm. you know, there's that whole piece of it. So anyways, I don't know, maybe 10 days in, I still have that one board. Cause we have probably about two dozen boards. I, I don't know. I'm old school. And, um, I'm like, you can, let's jog across this little, you know, and we're in the neighborhoods and a, a street crossing and it just built to, um, then signing them up for a 5k where he ran. I think I was just like the first time he ran up, he ran a full mile. Then, you know, it just, it would just add it on. And we sort of used, you know, you've done training plans, you know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like, I kept it basic, but I kept you know, building on mileage or trying to vary maybe the workout a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then two summers ago, I'm like, maybe we'll do a marathon. <laughs> he's just, he's not a, we can, it's fun to get him in a 5k and push him sometimes, mm-hmm. 
but that's not his that's not his thing like he's very like you could tell he's super proud afterwards and it's fun to see if he gets a little bit faster so we keep those like few and far between um and but he's just the slow he he likes the endurance I guess so and it works out well because I can't keep up with Jake so that's dad's dad's faster <laughs> and then me and like Christian, Sean, <laughs> and when Sean says like every once in a while he'll run with Christian and Christian is getting faster which is great because it's just on the joints and, th- and they, there's yeah. reasons to get him a little bit faster um for sure um within reason but when he was training for his first marathon Sean was like I can't I can't run with it because you know it hurts you, you well you if know, you go that slow and you can't yeah it, it hurts your body it literally does yeah yeah, yeah, and it's not good for it. So I had to even adjust because my pace was definitely slower, but I can speed walk too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that's that's Christian's journey. He likes to ride the tandem. He's getting better at it because I don't do the tandem. Mm-hmm. I there's just it what doesn't happen. I would crash. Like it's there's no <laughs> safety. Like I, I can't manage that. Yeah, can, that makes I me can nervous. just manage myself on a bike. Yeah. But yeah. He says Christian's starting to move his body better, like whatever all that means, but he, <laughs> he enjoys it too. So is it he, so he's training yeah. for the glass city marathon this year, right? In April. Yeah. In April. Yeah. So that's local to yeah. us. So I thought about it last year, but it was like six months after he did Cleveland marathon mm-hmm. and it just seemed way too soon. Yeah. Training through the winter. Like it's just the mom gut. Like, I'm like, this is not right. You yeah. know what I mean? This is not the right path right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep getting stronger and working on it, just being healthier. That's really what it's about. I mean, it's there's a lot of little fun things that we do to keep us both, like at least to keep me motivated. Mm-hmm. I think it keeps him motivated too. Um, because as you can imagine, I don't think you said Skylar runs, but if you're mm-hmm. trying to do an activity that sometimes takes motivation for yourself. And then you add another human being and I have to do all Christians recovery. Like I'm making sure that he's healthy doing this. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. like winning the race, you know what I mean? But yeah, still, it's not about pace. I need to <laughs> No, but I'm, I, I respect what I'm having him do and mm-hmm. what that does to your body. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, we, um, are getting scattered on his feet and it's, it's hilarious to me because he has now in the last month, he has become a, uh, every Saturday mall walker. He loves it. And it's so funny because the mall hardly has any people in it. So he's not going to reach out and smack anybody or anything. It's a little safer for us, but he and, um, my husband like mall walk, I've gone with them a couple of times. Um, but I think he prefers just to be kind of like maybe Jake, but he prefers just him and dad to do it. And then they go to lunch at his favorite lunch place every Saturday. That's they're like the guys thing. But, um, but yeah, he, um, Josh, my husband pushes him in our running stroller. We have a really nice adaptive stroller. He, um, did the half, the Louisville or the Derby half marathon last year and, um, pushed Skylar in the race. And that's the furthest they've ever gone together. Usually he'll do five K's with Skylar, but Skylar loves it. He almost falls asleep being pushed in it. And, um, I'm just amazed that my That's... husband can still go as fast as he goes while pushing this 30 pound stroller and 130 pound kid in it. So, um, that's their thing. I can't yeah. run with Skylar. It's it, there's no way I could, I can push that stroller and run too, but yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, Christian, when he probably had the roughest spurt 
a few years back and um, we, there was a local, um, it's called the Ability Center and they had an adult sized, um, you know, push stroller, um, running jogger and he too liked it, but he was really big. Like he wasn't 130 pounds and like, but it, it helped during a short period of time, but, um, it, that is amazing that he can, <laughs> uh, what I, what it made me think is, does Skylar <laughs> like being in the car? Does he like he going loves for car the car? He gets so, so mad on my, the weekends yes. we're stuck here and we call it our yeah. bus and he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and so he, we could ride around for hours and when it's snowing or there's nothing to do and we can't go anywhere, Josh is like, come on. Yeah. And he throws them in the car and they just drive around for an hour wherever. And yes, he listens. Yeah. To, he loves Ours music. Are the same way. Mm-hmm. So it is yeah. Just music. yeah. A lot of similarities. I thought about that when you said the jogger, because mm-hmm. I don't remember when the kids were little, how well they did. I think they did pretty good, but over the years, like when we drive to Florida, people are like, Oh my gosh. Like, and, and I think, I don't know how the flying would go. Like one day we'll venture that out, but yeah. it's so expensive for it to go wrong, you know, yeah. but they've always just like the car is their jam for sure too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. when you, when you said the jogger, I'm like, I wonder if he likes riding in the car, but he does for sure. So yeah, in the music, does. the same with us too. Yeah. We have different music too. Josh has a big grateful dead. <laughs> fan or whatever. And so he listens to that. Skylar has such an eclectic music taste, which I'm so grateful for, but mine is all like eighties, nineties and hip hop and like all that stuff. And he loves it. And he laughs and squeals. That's how we know he's happy too. Yeah. Christian, he'll have these high pitched sounds and he has this deep man laugh. That's the only time we've ever heard his voice is when he's laughing. So I know his voice has changed (laughs) to a man voice. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, he doesn't laugh often. I mean, he smiles and stuff, but sometimes he'll like belly laugh and I love it. And I'm, <laughs> and there's sometimes there's nothing going on that I'm aware of. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, I love when you have that deep belly laugh. So yeah, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about this a little, I know that you talked, we were, we were going to discuss like behaviors, if you will. And when I, <coughs> and I know your listeners are probably more familiar with Skylar. It was interesting. <laughs> that you said with the swiping and, um, and Jacob. Um, so Christian, we went through a period and knock on what it's been quite a few years where he would, um, if he would get frustrated, it'd be few and far between, but he would grab the hands of the individual, usually that he trusted, whether it was a teacher or like me, and he would bring them up to his forehead. But when he would squeeze, it's almost like, if you weren't ready, like he could almost like break your hands because he was so strong. Mm-hmm. And we, we believe we connected it to migraines and oh. um, allergy issues. <laughs> um, and I've noticed like now, like some triggers sometimes are like babies crying, mm-hmm. like, cause that high, that I've high heard that and now he'll, yeah. Yeah. And now he'll just, it's not that often, but he'll sort of give me a look like, and I don't, I can't remember the last time he grabbed hands, but it's been forever because mm-hmm. we always have a fidget, like a fidget, a cloth okay. fidget in his hand or mm-hmm. something in his hand. Um, but, um, it's, it's probably something going on with his headache. I'm sure all of the exercise and the, well, like all of those things play a role to mm-hmm. like for better health and maybe has decreased that. We also have sort of a regimen with his, um, you know, if I don't know if he has allergy, you know what I mean? Like seasonal, like mm-hmm. just stuffiness. 
where dad gets that way too. So we have a regimen for that, that we, you know, navage or do the saline rinses and stuff like that. So Christian's pretty minimal when it comes to like any behaviors that we ever had to deal with where Jacob is, he has this destruction piece. And I think the hardest part with that is always trying to bring it back to, these are your things. And if you have the need to do that, then it's not welcomed, but you have to have that outlet if you need it, whether you're frustrated about something today, a year ago, or if it is a situation where he likes what's being broken. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we have a great psychiatrist and, you know, some of it's, it's a guessing game, right? right? You know what I mean? But, but um, he's always given opportunities to like, he has his own recycle bin and we throw any cart, any cardboard, like if it's an old milk jug stuff that he can cut up um, and then we recycle every week. So trying to give him those opportunities to utilize his hands are a huge thing. I try to get I always try to have like silly putty on hand Mm -hmm. because he'll sort of squeeze on that. Um, And only by the grace of God. I mean, I think there's different strategies that I, I think that, I think the exercise and I, and I sort of fast forward to, you said, is is there anything that you can pass along to other parents, especially young ones growing up? Mm -hmm. I know we're, we're tired. Right. And we're trying to balance life and work and all these things. But if you can, make time to get in that physical activity, um, especially, you know, verbal or not, it, it is so important. Mm-hmm. And especially with, I mean, I've had some experiences with even young women that um, with parent, their parents have a young daughter and they can be, they can have serious aggressive issues as well. So it's not just a men need to exert, you know, it's women too. And young girls need to have that exertion as well. So if, you know, we've, we've been taking them to the gym for years, like just to be able Mm -hmm. to get that release out. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, men. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you. We just uh, got Skylar a Y membership. And even though he can't, yet he doesn't have the physicality to hold like a, even a two pound weight or anything like that. They at least have an indoor track. And, you know, in the winter when our pool is closed, at least they have a heated indoor pool and he loves to swim or, you know, just be in the pool. Oh, good. Just to try to get him out of here because we found that the weekends are the absolute hardest for us have always been that way because he's bored to tears. And so are we, I, I get sick and tired of being in these walls too, but he can't just go out for a run or go, do something. So he has to rely on us to take him somewhere and get him out of here. So I think that's why he loves mall walking so much. Cause he's like, this is my thing. And I get to, and he is nicer. I feel like his hands are nicer and he's a, a little bit nicer boy when he gets back. Um, cause he's tired. He's really tired yes. from that. That's a lot of energy yeah. for him to do that. So I yeah. Agree. And I, and yeah. And like I said, by the grace of God, we had to, Jacob only, I guess you could say, had aggressive tendencies when it's an object mm-hmm. that he wanted that someone else had. Um, and it's, you know, knock on wood, it's, it's definitely gotten better. Um, for sure. Like it's, it's, as far as this goes, it's great now. But you know, if, if he was going to get it, it was going to be got and that would be the only way that anyone would get hurt if they tried to 
keep that away from him. Mm -hmm. And as far as like, if it's a safety concern, so if it was like a piece of paper, you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. a teacher had, like, you would just know that with either it's going to be a physical encounter, which we can't have, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these kids are strong enough, even at young ages that you might never win that. Um, So then building those strategies prior to, to decrease that incident of happening, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, we could go on and on about that, right? But we don't need to. So, um, but I've I've had some friends that, so when COVID hit as well with Jacob, he would have this tendency to rip, you know, all the signs were everywhere for the masks. So he would want to rip the corner of the, the papers that had mask, like, right. Sometimes they're like laminated and doctors, mm-hmm. I mean, and some people might be like, well, who really cares? Well, it, it is sort of a big deal. First of all, you're not supposed to, you know, Jacob, that's <laughs> not yours, but also like you're sitting there in a waiting room and like Jacob's looking at that sign, like he you just wants to get the corner off and it's, you know, it's <laughs> laminated and he might take his teeth or uh-huh. we're walking into Kroger, the grocery store. And <clears throat> you know, there's going to be signs everywhere on the entry and I just firmly believe that as parents, yes, people should be accepting and kind, but you also have to take responsibility for where your child is at. Yeah. And, and those are objects. They're not people. So I can only imagine the struggle when you have another human being, right? Um, So like that even extends to Jake with his classmates, like he would want to rip people's lunch boxes. And yes, they are things, but they're other people's things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like yeah. trying to make sure we're doing our due diligence to make sure other people are respected. And yeah. I've come across some situations where I don't know that people uh, feel that way, right? Other yeah. parents and they, and what can I do? I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't judge it. You know what I mean? But also I think it's, um, that's not personally how we, we live our life. We want to, we are, you're incredibly appreciative when, you know, things happen and people are really kind, you know what I mean? Then, mm-hmm. But then we step, take a step back. So like the YMCA, Jacob, forever labels were a thing for him, like peeling labels off. And you can only imagine where labels are. Like now that you think about it, like the, the on the side of the slide there was like labels you know in all these different places and if Jacob had a break in like wanting to peel a label off or do that they were always so great but we're like okay now we're now we're taking like a few weeks off at least Mm -hmm. until we know that we have a better chance of him respecting property you know and and like I said, some people might be like, it's just a label. I don't know. I don't, I, I think don't. That's the hardest part though, is that, um, you know, to your point, I, I think that's why I'm so overly apologetic even beforehand. Like I, I just wrote about this yesterday. I just blogged about this, that yeah. I finally, I, I said, the OTs always want me to come back. And I said, I'm, I'm not going back today. I've already, I, I didn't say it this way, but I basically said, you know, listen, I've already kind of warned you guys, you need to put your hair up because he just likes pretty hair. He's not coming okay. at you and ripping your hair out of your head, but he will grab a hold of your hair. If you bend over in front of him, if your ponytail wags in front of him, he's just, his eyes go right to it. And so I'm like, I've, you know, I've reminded you guys to put your hair up, which they always do. And I'm like, and you know, just, he doesn't like your back turned to him. I can't, I can't explain it. I'm trying to get him out of it, but he's been doing this his whole life. He'll slap you open-handed. 
He'll hit you in the chest. He'll hit you in the arm. He'll smack you in the back. He hits us too. Um, when we're feeding him or whatever. Um, I know he's communicating, but me being back there, I feel like makes it worse because I've always been told recently by all of the spellers who are now, you know, fluently spelling and typing. And I've had some on my podcast, um, typing out their answers and stuff and communicating to me, which is, I've learned so much from them. It's, it's incredible. But, um, they said one of the hardest things for people on the spectrum is they always struggle with their parents around, whether their parents are doing therapy with them or their parents are taking them somewhere and they either do something wrong or they misbehave or they whatever, because they're always trying to please us. And they're always trying to be perfect and like not do anything wrong because they can't help it. They don't want to disappoint us. So me being back there and if he hits a therapist or pulls their hair, he immediately gets even more angry and more frustrated because he knows that my instant reaction is to say, oh my God, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that he pulled your hair. And then he feels horrible about what he did. And then I'm disappointed. He thinks it's just a whole big whirlwind of emotion and it makes him worse. So I'm like, I've got to just cut the strings with him and let him just do it. And he had a great day. He had a great session yesterday. I'm like, I'm learning too, buddy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have let you yeah. do your own thing before, but I just want to protect him. And I, and I want to protect them. I don't want him to hurt anybody because I know he doesn't mean it. But again, like you said, I think people, if he reaches out and smacks somebody in our Kroger, which he's done before, um, they immediately turn around and they're like ready to knock him out because I mean, who wants to get smacked when you're at the grocery store, but then they see him and they kind of are like, Oh, it's okay. I'm like, I I'm almost in tears. Cause I'm like, right. So yeah. just embarrassed. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what else to do. And then I'm like, well, fine. I can't take him anywhere, but I can't do that either. I can't keep him locked up in the house. That's not fair. I mean, the world needs no. to experience our kids too, to understand that this stuff happens, Yeah, but I am trying to be responsible and <laughs> hold his hands at his sides so that it won't happen. But you know, I don't know. I can only yeah. do so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting to hear that. And, um, I think on a sort of a different take, we have someone that she feels like family to us now, but, um, she has come over a few Friday nights and we used to have someone that was really dear to us. I mean, she would do help with the boys for like 10 years and she's just getting older. She has her life. And I think when Maddie sort of came to us, a younger um, girl, um, I think she felt like, okay, I can sort of like, they have someone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For those, And it's not that often. I mean, Maddie is over a lot now, but Laura, she, it was like few and far between, you know what I mean? Maybe like once a week or mm -hmm. like, she definitely was a go-to for emergency. We don't have family in the area. Um, and, but with that being said, Maddie was here on a Friday night and Sean and I went somewhere and um, I could just tell, I mean, Jake was, he was happy. Like he does not want probably Christian as well, but you can just tell more with Jake. It's like, they want their independence. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you and I could talk, you know, not even for days for moments about like what group homes look like and what the alternate, I mean, it's just not yeah. safe. It's just not, it's not I mean, I don't want that. So I'm trying to do everything I can. And that's why if, if we have 
some time. I just wanted to, before we started recording, we yes. were talking about um, just what's available in, in your area. And um, I know from other friends of mine um, about Michigan schooling going to 26, which is rare. That's one of the only states I feel like that you get at least that long, but um, yeah, day programs are non-existent here. I've never been shy about sharing that Indiana is terrible for resources for adults. Um, and, and you had mentioned that Christian did attend um, the farm, which was a day program. But what was interesting to me is when you were saying that he was bored, there was just too much downtime. That's what worries me about Skylar. Even if we had day program options here, I'm still nervous that they don't know how to keep somebody that's as needy as Skylar and needs so much attention and one-on-one and stimulation kind of all the, all the time, how they would do that with him. Um, so, you know, your experience, can you kind of, uh, revisit some of that a little bit about just the levels of functioning and how you kind of just felt like Christian wasn't in the right spot after a while? Yeah. So the, the farm, like I said, that was something that he was able to go to during his, and he just graduated this past year. And you, I said to you, graduation does not mean the same to, (laughs) um, to, um, you know, someone like your daughter, right. That's graduating this year, but, um, and it just didn't translate. I mean, they were school. He had, he had a great teacher and a great, you know, aides in the room, but and they were trying to step back and not give that level of support, but it just couldn't translate to really the lack of level of level support that was provided at the farm. Mm-hmm. So um, it just became um, a lot of downtime, you know, a lot of kids that are just cognitively in a different place than Christian, where they were socializing and things like that. And Christian was um, doing a lot of skate behavior um, where we see him do that is that he just goes to the bathroom and he'll sit, he'll want, he'll just sit in the bathroom. Um, and that developed years ago, um, at school when I I found out a little bit later that he was just, he was an easier kid. Right. And like, but also he wasn't provided with a bunch of activities that Christian like, or explored those things. So like, he was just sort of a little bit forgotten, if you will. So the farm didn't work out. And then there's a day program that he goes to now he was going three days. So one day at the farm and then it was supposed to be three days here and that's reduced to two days. Um, But knock on wood, we've been able to, um, so they, they come and get him, which is great. Actually the um, individual that's sort of like second in charge, if you will, she has a daughter with special needs. I really, really like her. She's just one of those like moms that get it. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, they do various things. They go bowling half the day. One day they always eat lunch there. Then some of their activities in the morning resemble things that, that they would do in school that really didn't apply to Christian. Like, Oh, we're doing money skills. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, time fillers, if you will, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Christian, I think he's getting used to the program where I think it's good for our kids to learn to be, like not always have to be engaged, right? Because mm-hmm. we have to learn that as well. Yep. So, um, you know, it's something that I work on at home with him. You know what I mean? Like I, I like TV is not on in the morning when he first gets up, if he gets up early with me, we're just quiet and, you know, doing various things. But um, 
So the program right now, he's, we're on a good, I want to knock on some wood. We've had two weeks where they haven't called me because it's just sort of, a, I need to work with them so we can have some success and hopefully Christian, we can ride this out and Christian gets used to it and familiar with it and people get familiar with him. He gets familiar with peers. A lot of them were at the, at school over the years with him. So he's, you know, in a lot of them will like, like I always try to send something. They say send something that needs prepared for lunch um, because then someone up here can help him do that or make it for, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't operate a microwave, but so like utilizing those strategies. And if he's just having a day where he beelines it, sits in the bathroom and he doesn't want to come out, then they just know they call and it's, it's just a day. It's a day and then we leave. And he's generally actually really happy that day or like super content. So th- there's not always a rhyme or reason, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause he can't tell me, I mean, I'm not sure why. So that's where we're at right now. We're at two days of program. Now, when, if we're in the same situation, three and a half years, when Jacob graduates, Jacob has zero opportunity for um, day program that can just handle all of it, including his type one diabetes. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's hard. I mean, and, um, one of my friends, um, Lisa, um, she, her page is Cody speaks. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but, um, Cody is, I think I'm losing track of everybody's ages, but I think he's upper twenties, maybe 28, 29. Um, and it, it was just baffling to me. She's in California. And she was saying that the day programs can pick and choose, which in all fairness to them, that's fine if they don't want to handle behaviors, but they can specifically say, yeah, we don't, we don't want your kid. Cause we just don't want to deal with behaviors or maybe Skylar. I, I actually not, maybe uh, most programs won't take him because he's not toilet trained. They're like, yeah, we don't want to deal with that. We don't have time or the staff to deal with toileting. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But then that just leaves such a, and it's not a small pocket of people. There are a lot of autistic adults that are non-speaking, some non-toilet trained, plenty with behaviors. Where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? Because I have a full-time job. So does my husband. So I don't know how I'm supposed to be day program mom. And I mean, it's just like COVID all over again for us, for our entire life. We're always doing teaching and working and parenting and all the stuff. So I just don't know. Well, in fairness to right. In fairness to the day programs, you know, directing it. I mean, the funds are not there of to course. provide one-on-one yeah. and yeah. community mental health. It's called different things, different places, mm-hmm. but they are, they are, you know, helping fund that through Medicaid. I mean, this whole, they are ignoring the problem as well. I mm-hmm. mean, they're even worse. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I said to um, our case manager, I said, okay, so Christian's down to two programs. So where, where does that leave us? You know what I mean? Like I'm now his day program manager. Yep. Like, do. <laughs> how about those funds? You know what I mean? Like, no, where and they I get go? none. Yeah. And I have and, none. And, I mean, and I'm not going to get political, but there's a lot of spending. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and if I die tomorrow, like we have things in place, like a special needs trust, all those things, so but let's we. just yeah. say there was that's not no one. Yeah. No. And what if there is no one that can take care of my boys, like mm-hmm. everyone's gone, right? That I have, you know, semi lined up. They go to a group home, they go, the funds to cover their care yeah. is, ex- is huge. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? You'd be exhausted in the first year with both boys. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially with Jacob is type one diabetes. Can you imagine like the nursing care, all of those things. So I'm not asking for a handout. I'm just like, clearly there, the system is broken. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, um, but, oh gosh, that's, yeah. that's super fresh. You know, I try not to go down that road in my head I too know. much and I try to, but the, the programs are semi, their hands are tied yeah. because they accept one that needs the one-to-one. They can't accept the 30 that need it. You know what I mean? Because they don't have the staff and right. the staff aren't getting paid jack. Mm-hmm. So the turnover, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, it's abuse. I'm paid. I'm his paid respite provider because we don't even have respite. I, I, I mean, we don't have any family here either. And I can't get a soul to do respite for him. Now I'm, I have a couple of therapists that used to work for him that we've kind of hired and, um, they love him and they, um, they're willing to, to help me out, but I get $14 and 40 cents. I think an hour is what I make um, already doing the things I'm doing anyways, but I figured somebody better make that money. And so I just pumped that into his trust because you know, what how else am I supposed to right. continue to keep funding? Right. It? But it's just scary that I'm being paid for his respite when the respite is supposed to give me a break, but you know, it's a soapbox, but, but they don't have the problem. Yeah. And they don't, we, we aren't finding those individuals and clearly they're not giving a, a like, I don't, you know, it's, it's, a catch 22. Mm-hmm. Like if they handed over a list of 10 people, I'd be like, well, I don't even know these people. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, yeah, but, some, but sometimes it, you know, you have to give things a shot and you can interview people and you might, it might be someone that's like in the special education school system. And that's how it worked out with Maddie that I just approached her. She was a camp counselor and it worked out. But with that being said, it's like, they're not, they can barely get people to work in group, like, in group homes, things mm-hmm. like that. I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a really big problem, but I don't see a solution to unfortunately. Yeah. And then you have parents that are just trying to survive and like trying to make it through their own thing and trying to at least like other local parents trying to support them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, we're just, we're making it through each day, you know? So it seems like it's all that's where- a bunch of parents that come together and then they build stuff like my friend Jess yeah. in, um, in Michigan, she's, she just, they just bought a farm. Her husband's a contractor and they're, it'll house six kids. Um, it's a really nice farmhouse and they're totally renovating it, um, with her son in mind predominantly. And then they'll, um, enable five other families. I think they already have the five kids that will move in. Luke is 18. It's called hope farm. And, um, she's going to turn the farm part into like respite. So kids can come there and, do projects and give their parents a break for the day. And I mean, she has these big plans, but she's got eight kids. And then Luke is, you know, profound special needs, just like Skylar. She's got so much on her plate and yet she has a nonprofit. Like she, because the only people that are going to recognize this are the people who live it. Sadly, if it doesn't affect you personally, it's kind of like, Oh, that's so, that's so sad. I, I wish that somebody would do something. Well, we have to do it ourselves. Right. Right. And then, I mean, and then she has to, I mean, I don't know the man, if you can get families that are on the same page yeah, because then it's, it comes down to management of staff. Yeah, Like that's a nightmare. Like that sounds like a absolute nightmare. But if you get families that are involved, meaning like that you would rotate, you know, if there's, there's, 
lack of staff, but then mm-hmm. you have to worry about what, what if someone's going to move? There's, there's so many different factors, but I know. good for her. What, what city is that in? Um, um, is that near she, Marshall? She's in Holland. They're in the Holland oh, okay. area. Yep. Yeah. I think that's like over Grand Rapids. Us, yeah. Or something. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have to follow that. That's yeah. Interesting. Before speaking of like projects and, and things before we, um, hang up, I wanted to at least, um, give you a chance to share the mission behind the autism activity project. And if people can get involved, maybe, you know, donations, sponsorships, different things like that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, I mean, truth be told, it's, a living, breathing project, if you will. So mm-hmm. it was sort of born a few years ago um, to the idea was locally to offer a, a time period, if you will, that there can be meetups and we can help get kids more active on mm-hmm. the, a, a welcoming environment. And, um, you know, not everyone can do the activity with their child in it's generally walking or running. Um, and then just a place where parents can talk as well. And, and it, it, it was nice. I mean, it was once a week and there was periods of time where there was just like, you know, one or two families and then more families. Um, and I just sort of, I wasn't quite sure what direction I wanted all of it to go. And then it started branching out to different things like more advocacy, especially within triathlon and now in the running community. So to be honest with you, it's not, it's nothing that anyone can donate to right now. Um, and it's, it, there's just different directions that it's taking. So my sister who is been in special education her whole life, she has her PhD. She actually just opened, um, her own business. Um, and there, it might have a little, you know, tentacle off the side where we, start to develop something more. I've thought about a nonprofit, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) well, it's a lot of work, but, and I I don't think people, you know, maybe realize a little bit with being running and, you know, being a runner, but the things that we're doing now, I guess, semi-successfully require a lot of work Mm -hmm. and that we love to do. And the, the minor and major successes with the boys are because we're devoting that time to doing right. these certain things and strategies, not just, you know, the exercise. So what do you give up to do something else? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thanks for asking, but it's sort of just right now in limbo, right? Like that's, I, that's what I've learned. I mean, I plan for a lot, but sometimes you can't plan for things and you just yeah. have to keep on the path and then, you know, it develops into something more. So, well, I yeah, like all the pictures but... on it. Like uh, I actually did go out to the Zoot um, page and I, um, everything was pretty much gone and sold out, but I did get a, um, the running shirt. They didn't have any singlets left, oh, but cool. the puzzle piece one, yeah, yeah. hopefully it's the right yeah. size. It was all they had left, but um, for yeah, my race coming that, up, yeah, I'm going to wear yeah, it. And that, yeah. And um, that I'm, I consider the owner a very good friend, regardless of, you know, what the support they provide um, to us. But that um, was born a few years ago and I did not receive ever receive any single dime from the proceeds. Um, they cut a check um, to Bittersweet Farms, which is the local. Um, your friend might want to connect up with that um, director. He's an amazing guy actually worked there as a nurse for many of years. Okay. Um, 
But anyways, that's where the proceeds went because when the owner and I were like, okay, well, where do we want this? Um, who would we want to support? I could not think of anyone in the running or triathlon space that I'm sure there's other great nonprofits, but I didn't have a, a tie to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't know what they're doing. So I'm like, actually bittersweet farms, you know, I worked there, I saw it, I saw, you know, they have, you know, individuals with autism across the spectrum, you know what I mean? They're yeah. doing their best and doing really good things. So um, yeah, that, that initial collection supported the support went there. So, which is really great. And they're actually tied into the glass city marathon, which okay. is, they have their, their own piece of autism yeah we could go on and on but anyway so yeah <laughs> well I love it and I hope it fits because I plan to wear it whether it fits or not in April <laughs> oh god well you should have messaged me I would have given you a coupon code <laughs> oh it's okay it was oh, fine yeah. well, uh, well. <laughs> well I am I am just so thrilled that we connected and thank you so much to Kelly for <laughs> introducing me to your family yeah um yeah and, and I, I you already did give some advice to to parents and and I hate using that word advice because everybody's story and situation is different. But, um, you know, one of the things that I love that you said in one of your blogs, I think is that, you know, we all have challenges. It's how you handle your challenges that defines you. And I, I just think that is so such a perfect perspective to have because your life is different than mine. We all might have a child on the spectrum, but it's never the same. It's as unique as our child is, um, the ins and outs, the behaviors, the non-behaviors, all of that stuff. Um, so is there anything else you would kind of want to share with anyone just keeping an open mind and a perspective now that your boys are older adults, um, that you thought about yeah. a long way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the two things, um, are, you know, advocate in kindness. There's nothing wrong with being a strong for me. I'm a woman, I'm a parent. Um, and, and coming to the table, especially when you're dealing with schools, um, to advocate for the best for your child. Um, I always try to keep the perspective that there's, there's not just my child, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, with Christian recently graduating, you know, there's some things that I feel like I definitely bent on that did not, you know, do him well, right now that he's an adult, because, mm-hmm. um, I think they could have done better. And I think that just sort of like across the board, right. When you're advocating. So I always felt like I could walk out of every meeting where I could shake someone's hand. We might disagree. Um, but it does not mean that you're not a kind person or you have a good heart. If you're, um, if you're working to get the best for your kids and you're often creating, hopefully a pathway for those, um, you know, coming up. So, and I mean, the, one of the biggest things is move, get them moving. I mean, get that. It it only builds all the frustration over the years. If they're not able to talk, they're able to talk or, you know, just the different challenges. Um, The sooner you can put structure of exercise, whatever that might be. And it Mm -hmm. might just not just, it's a walk, you know, whether it's a quarter of a mile, um, like you said, Skylar likes to go swimming. You know, you just, some days we're like, I don't want to do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, yeah. I, I don't have energy. And then, but you just do it. Like, it's like, you just, you, you make a promise, however that is, whether you tell your child, whether you write it down and you remind yourself of that promise. 
um, they get bigger, they get stronger, Mm -hmm. they can get more frustrated because of everything that they have to work through that we don't even have an idea about, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I can talk about our frustrations and they can't. So the biggest takeaway is that you've got to get moving and, you know, it's probably not a bad thing for the parent (laughs) as well. You know what I mean? So maybe if you can find something that you both like to do. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. We all need it. So we all need a break. um, I feel like to our kids, we, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like maybe he was overscheduled when he was little. He, it was a full-time job, the amount of therapies he was in rotating door at our house, um, with different therapists coming in and out and all this stuff. And it's kind of been like that his whole life. So they need a break from being required to do anything except maybe move their feet or make a game out of it. Like you did with the hat on the track or whatever, and just, you know, make it fun and make it a game so that they don't feel like they're constantly having to work and do skills and, you know, yeah. Especially if it's supported, because mm-hmm. then what that results in is when these people are gone, whether it's school, whether it's therapist, you are that person now, and they are been programmed to constantly being engaged. And there's nothing, there's a certain benefit to that, especially if you have challenging behaviors, mm-hmm. um, that engagement is a distraction or it's an exhaustion. You know what I mean? Where they're not thinking about that um, or that impulse, right? So, but there has to be downtime as well to, mm-hmm. for them to learn that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be an iPad or something in front of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just for a minute. You know what I mean? It's like, quite, we're doing nothing for a minute. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be minutes where you're sitting in the doctor's office and, you know, there's always those minutes in other scenarios where they have to learn to just be, right? Mm-hmm. So I agree with you like a hundred percent on that for sure. So. Well, I wish Christian luck in his second marathon. And um, do you guys have, do you have marathon plans too for this year scheduled out? Um, Are you running that one as well? Yeah. So I plan to run that with him completely. Sean did the, Sean did the part of a good chunk. I want to say like 12, 10 or 12 miles of the first one. I just had I had an overwhelming sense of, I don't know if I could do this. Not that Christian had him in train, but it was just like the mom and me kicked yeah. in. And it wasn't like he was, he was fine. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, this is just so super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And also my body was just really tired. I don't know. There's a lot of different, so it worked out really well. And he kindly let me do the last like mile. <laughs> so you got to run through the finish is, with him. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're local, there's mm-hmm. actually some people that have, I don't know. I th- I don't know. It might be sort of cool. I know the race director and I'm sure he can, he'd be willing to have more, him to have more than one guide. If we yeah. wanted to trade off, I haven't, I haven't fully decided because it's not about me. I don't need to run the full marathon. Right. I don't need to complete it all with Christian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if the opportunity comes where people want to take parts of it, then I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? I think it would probably be more enjoyable for Christian but also yeah. I just want to be ready to do the whole thing with him. So, and then we'll do triathlon. Jake has a bunch that our dad already registered early because it's cheaper, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. I think we'll do, um, I think we picked Ohio 70.3 Ironman to do as our relay. So that's, that's a whole other ball of wax, but we, we were um, allowed to be on course with the tandem and prior to us advocating, and this is not, I'm, I'm, I'm working through some stuff where there's a lot of 
firsts and you know, these recognition for individuals with disability being the first to do this, or um, when I say we were the first tandem, it's only to try to explain that it took like a, over a year for me to convince them that it was required. um, And that that's the only piece of it. And now hopefully it'll lend to more people. So anyway, being the first tandem besides visually impaired, to be on course. So now it's great. We can do any course that we can manage. So I think we'll do Ohio 70.3, but I want it to be replicated for other individuals that have the same, you know, situation. So yeah, that's um, awesome. it's, it's, yeah. So we'll do that. And then I was thinking about doing a full Ironman, but I don't think I, I don't know. I'm <laughs> undecided. <laughs> well, if you guys want, if Christian wants to do another marathon and you guys want to come down here to Louisville, since it's flat, I'll run with them. Yeah. I'll, I'll be his okay. Guy. Yeah. I listen, you know how we operate. We have, <laughs> bare, I don't know. My memory sometimes is super shoddy, but there's things I will never forget. So you're <laughs> on the hook for that. Well, and it's recorded. <laughs> so now I have to know. I mean, I am all yeah, fine yeah, yeah. bringing my pace down as I'm old, getting older. I, I'm, um, I'm at nine now, nine minutes and, um, it's probably going to get slower. So I can, I can definitely slow down and run with him for I a marathon, walk with for him. a marathon nine. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good pace. So you could probably do a 5k pretty solid. I mean, what are you under eight pace for a 5k? Yeah, somewhere in there. And we have the autism Ooh, 5k we that Jake. we do every year. Yeah. <laughs> Jake oh, might outrun well, me. I don't know. I might be too slow for him. <laughs> well, Jake is like everyone know. well, not everyone, not that there's been a lot of people that have run with him, but it's like the most painful quarter mile, but just know that he like, is he waiting? I mean, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, no, like just on your lungs, the first painful, like quarter of mile. Cause he's like sub six pace. Then he needs know? to ruin my husband. Then, Cause that's his pace. There we go. There we go. Okay. So we got it all covered. All right. Okay. Good to go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Julie. Right. I have such a great time talking to you. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of living the sky life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.